I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I love Utah County. I went to school there. Uh, most of my life uh, has been lived in Utah County. I came out here, uh, attended Brigham Young University, had a wonderful time. Uh, in fact, much of my, uh, my in-laws, my wife's family, uh, Utah County, Utah County, the spirit of Utah County uh, is absolutely beautiful. And I uh, yearn uh, to, to live there. I, I, I love it. Uh, and so I, I say all that uh, to let you know that it it, uh, it breaks my heart a little bit uh, to learn that folks in Utah County right now are suffering from uh, such high uh, uh, COVID positive rates. the The rolling seven day average there is is uh, it's it's no good. <laughs> it is the worst in the state uh, right now. The case counts, which we which we should we should be getting our hands on here any time now. I keep refreshing. Uh, my email inbox. At any moment now, we will be uh, getting our hands on today's uh, numbers. Yesterday, 911. 911 was the total number of positive cases uh, here in the state of Utah. Many of those, uh, a pretty good percentage of those attributed to uh, Utah County and within that pool, uh, young people. Well, uh, that moved Utah County officials to gather together on a conference call, uh, mayors, uh, the sheriff, Dr. Dunn, uh, other health department officials, all of them uh, together discussing what is happening and what can we do about it. Uh, joining me now to discuss uh, that phone call and some of the plans to have come from it, uh, Mayor of Orem City, uh, Richard Brunst. Mayor, how are you, sir? Good, good. How are you, Lee? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, what were your big takeaways after speaking to, to all the Utah County leaders and health department leaders today? What did you learn? Well, uh, a big takeaway is how concerned everyone is in our county over the case count going up exponentially and that something needs to be done. What were some of the proposals? What do we do about this? Well, I mean, certainly one of the proposals is that you mandate masks countywide. Uh, some are in favor of that, some are not. Uh, another area is to do a positive campaign, uh, working particularly with the students to help educate and to help motivate uh, them to wear their masks. I want to talk to you about that positive effort here in just a moment, but let's go back to the the, the idea of a mask mandate. Provo City has a mandate in place right now, and yet we are seeing an uptick in cases there. There are other arguments in other municipalities 
uh, around the the state, uh, Park City, uh, Summit County, they claim with uh, with the mask mandate in place that they attribute that to a lowering of case numbers. Uh, you, sir, uh, as the as the mayor of Orem, where do you stand? Would you be a supporter uh, of either a countywide or in your city a citywide mandate? So I am not a supporter of either a countywide or a citywide mandate uh, for the simple reason that uh, it's really unenforceable. Uh, the county sheriff was on the phone with us. Uh, he is against the countywide mandate. Uh, the Provo uh, police chief uh, came out against the uh, Provo mandate of masks. Uh, within our own city, our police force is not big enough to enforce a citywide uh, mandate of masks. But I will say that most of our businesses within our city are requiring people to wear masks. So if you go to a Home Depot or a Lowe's, if you go to a Harmon's grocery store, if you get on a UTA bus, if you go to Utah Valley University, there are signs up everywhere requiring you to wear masks. Right. Now, when you go when you go into Harmon's, they have someone outside. Uh, you can't go in without a mask. And if you don't have a mask, they will give you one. I would encourage every business within our county to put signs up requiring masks, to have a spare mask there at the door, and if someone is not wearing a mask, to ask them to go put one on. It's really about protecting your neighbor and watching out for the health of those around us. Uh, you you talk about a positive campaign. I saw some notes taken to come from this phone call, this conference call, uh, and you have a suggestion, maybe a, maybe a, a gift card for uh, students or something like that. Well, how could you? How would you envision one of these positive campaigns? So, what I would like to do is to encourage the students to understand the seriousness of COVID nineteen and of what it does to those around us, and. The way to do that, I believe, would be to uh, do an online course of about a half hour. If a student takes that course, you give them a gift certificate, uh, $10, $15, to uh, get a meal at one of the local restaurants uh, takeout uh, for completing that course. Also, if uh, I would say if they went two weeks without uh, going to a large gathering and wearing their masks, uh, Uh, All throughout the day, I would give them a $10 gift certificate, um, and we could do this through the CARES Act fund Mm. that the county has. It would probably, uh, by doing this for both UVU and BYU, it would probably pump a million dollars into our our local economy, which our local businesses could use. But I think it would motivate and uh, help the students to say, yes, I want to be aware of my neighbor. And it's not just about me, but I want to watch out for my neighbor and make sure that they're healthy uh, as well. Yeah, you you mentioned students. Do, do you do you believe it is uh, student-aged uh, young people who are responsible for this uptick? Well, I don't know that uh, I can say that entirely. I don't say I don't see that entirely, but a large percentage has to do with students. Uh, has to do with students socializing. Uh, in large gatherings uh, where they're not protected. Uh, I was a student once at BYU. I participated uh, in large groups, uh, dances, and so forth. Um, I know exactly what they're feeling, what they want to do. But this is a very unusual time, and we need to be very careful of what we're doing because if you infect the person next to you, they may infect 
two people next to them who may infect four people, and you really are putting people at danger and at risk. And that need, that uh, message needs to be driven home in a positive way, I believe, that uh, people can understand and, and want to do the right thing. In, in speaking to some friends of mine in the student community, uh, I have caught wind of a, a reluctance to r- report, a reluctance to get tested, a reluctance to take action if experiencing uh, symptoms. And so that may equate to numbers being much higher than uh, than even are being reported, already startlingly high. Uh, are, are you aware of any of this reluctance, or what would you say to someone feeling uh, a little hesitant to to reveal their circumstances? Well, I can understand that. I mean, if you watch people getting tested, if you get your name on a register, um, you know, you're probably just saying, I just really don't want to do that. But again, it comes down to protecting your neighbor. And I think it's important that uh, the students realize the seriousness of it. So it's interesting. I saw a um, a, a uh, video and, and it's of a person wearing a mask and sneezing or coughing onto a Petri dish. There were very little germs on that Petri dish after several days. But without the mask on, and they did the same thing, they sang, they coughed, they sneezed, the Petri dishes were full of germs. When you see that, it really drives home the point that, wow, a mask really does make a huge difference. 100%. Mayor Bruns, thank you for your time. Uh, Best of luck to you. I look forward to following the progress of this uh, positive enforcement idea of yours. Uh, If that comes to fruition, please, let's, uh, let's get a report from you. Thank you. All right, Mayor, thank you so much. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to continue paying attention to the goings-on in Utah County, speaking with one of the commissioners, Bill Lee. Uh, You've heard his name before. How does he respond to all of this? He'll have a chance to do so next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. Uh, We rejoined this segment with some breaking news. I've just received the latest Utah Department of Health COVID-19 case count numbers, and there has been an increase of 1,117 positive cases from yesterday. Again, 1,117 cases from yesterday. That brings our rolling seven-day average for positive tests to 726 per day. The rolling seven-day average for percent of positive lab tests is now 12.5%. That's a high watermark in all categories. Another uh, increase, though, which I would point out, this is the denominator uh, that Dr. Stenium has talked about now at great length. There has been an increase of 8,559 people tested from yesterday. Uh, Again, 8,559 people were tested uh, from yesterday. That's been the increase of total tests administered. Uh, That is a number higher than it has been recently. So the number of tests being administered is increasing along with Uh, what we today learned to be the highest positive case number uh, to date, 1,117. We'll be reaching out to the health department for a further breakdown uh, where that falls in terms of demographics and geographics, where uh, are people getting sick and uh, who is getting sick. We'll find that out uh, and report back to you as soon as we're able. I'd also point out uh, hospitalizations. Uh, Currently, 131 people are hospitalized. I believe that's a slight uptick from yesterday. Uh, The the, the bright spot, though, the bright spot is this, that there, uh, since yesterday, uh, have been no additional deaths to report. That's two days uh, with no additional deaths reported. That's a positive. 
that is a positive. And it also, as we have well learned, uh, speaks to the reality that uh, quite maybe the, the people who are getting sick right now are uh, younger people. Uh, who have healthier bodies and maybe uh, have fewer of the comorbidities, are less likely to find themselves in the high-risk pools. Uh, who knows? It's all speculation uh, right now, but we are at a new point in this battle against the coronavirus. 1,170, one, I'm sorry, 1,117 uh, new cases. I mentioned earlier, uh, just before the break, we had a conversation with the mayor of Orem. He was on a conference call this morning with leaders in Utah County, uh, health department officials, law enforcement. Uh, Dr. Dunn was on the call. Uh, also on that call was uh, Utah County Commissioner Bill Lee, who joins me on the line now. Uh, Commissioner, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, these new numbers are a little startling, but uh, but otherwise uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, how are things looking in the county? Is is it true that uh, that we are seeing uh, this market uptick in Utah County, and it is uh, Utah County in particular with a disproportionately high uh, number of cases contributing to the overall statewide number going up so much? Yeah, and I, I haven't got I, I, I listened to uh you know your report on the on the new cases statewide. I haven't seen how they, they translate right. down to Utah County, but uh we have had an uptick on that for sure. We we recognize that, we see that, and so uh it's something that we need to you know have to manage. Discussed in this conference call of early this morning of which you were a part was the idea of a mask mandate. Law enforcement officials said, Listen, that's not something that we uh want to or are even capable of enforcing, uh, but there are those who would say, okay, fine, but having the mandate in place on its own has yielded some results. Look to Summit County, look to uh, portions of uh, you know, other areas in the, in the country. Is there any argument that brings you around, sir, to a, a mask mandate? No, if there if there was a vote right now, um, I, I would not be inclined to, uh, to to go that direction. I, I you know it's it's interesting because we look at numbers and we're trying to decipher uh, this virus with uh, you know off of numbers, right. and and we have had we've had mandates in place here uh, in the in, in Provo City and BYU and UVU, and yet the hot spot for the uptick is basically downtown Provo, and so that's that's exactly where the mass mandates uh, you know have have been happening for the last, you know, few weeks. And, and I've heard over and over a couple of weeks, we start seeing a decline and yet we see an increase. And so, I mean, people could point all kinds of different directions, but it's it's just an interesting statistic when you start looking at it that way. Agreed. Uh, w- what is to be done? How, how do we how do we combat this? Uh, I think regardless of politics and regardless of how you uh, view the, the most wise approach to this, I think we all agree uh, that uh, when the numbers go up, that's not good. How do we bring them down? Yeah, yeah. When the numbers go up, it's not good. I mean, they, they tell a story, and they're telling a story that, that something is has happened here in, in uh, you know, the Provo-Orem area. I'll just kind of put it that way. Sure. And, and, and part of that story and telling that story might be that we have had seventy to 75,000, uh, you know, young adults that uh, have come into this area, and, and, and they're highly sociable. They move around. They probably don't follow the mandate, you know, that the, the mandates that are in place. And so um, I think anybody is going to look at that and say, you're naturally 
really going to see an uptick in in that. And that's, I mean, if for our for our county, seventy to seventy five thousand, that's got to be second or third largest county in the, I mean, city for the entire county. Having that amount of people coming in here as part of the story, and then um, you know what goes on with the with the demographics of a young population like that that is not in mom and dad's home anymore, right. or and they're moving around and they're doing things and they're very sociable. Of course, we're going to see. And I and I think from uh, some of the statistics I've I've seen. Um, uh, 50, 56 percent uh, of of the numbers that we have seen have been coming from that group. Yeah, is there is there an authority somewhere, either in government or in the schools or somewhere, uh, that should impose some sort of of uh, I don't know restrictions of some sort over these young people, or uh, should we uh, cross our fingers, send around a YouTube video encouraging good behavior? How do we how do we alter their behavior so that the rest of the community isn't exposed to to, to this virus? Yeah, you know, and they are doing that. So uh, Brigham Young University, from what I understand, they are, they are, uh, you know, there's been disciplinary measures that are happening. We've heard about the 15 students disciplined, sure. Right. So, so those things are happening. It's not, it's not that they're just throwing their hands up in the air and saying, oh, let's just see what happens. There are measures that are going on to try to do some education. So they, um, self-interest is, is always uh, an important part of it. And if we can demonstrate and show self-interest in there for themselves and for others and concern that way, um, hopefully they'll, they'll move in that direction. But uh, these, they're happening. BYU and UVU, I think, are doing exceptional jobs of trying to you know, hold things back and do what they can with the population that's that's uh, very fluid yeah uh just got off the phone with the uh, mayor of orem city mayor brunst uh, he uh, advocated a, a program which would incentivize compliance or at least encourage those to expose themselves to the information maybe a, in a gift card or something and then later if uh if young people were uh, deciding not to go to these big parties and they were able to pull that off for a couple weeks they'd be uh you know further incentivized you, you support something like that well, of course I do. I think that those kind of things are bringing our citizens, which citizens are partners in this in this uh, grand experiment of our government that we have, not subjects. And so I, I support I support that kind of stuff on an educational level. Uh, I know that uh, Mayor Kafusi from Provo, she's already rolling something out similar to that here in Provo with the student involvement, with the faculty, with the city, all those types of things. She's she's ready to go with it. So I think that Mayor Brunts, when he when he brought that up in our meeting this morning. I think he's spot on with it. We got to have stuff like that, you know, to uh, to, to to do more education and and and, and help, uh, you know, go in a positive direction. Commissioner Lee, thank you so much for your time. All right, we'll speak again soon, I'm sure. Okay, thank you. All righty, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, I also have a statement from Governor Gary Herbert I want to share with you, uh, and that again is in reaction to uh, this new high water mark. I don't want to call it a high score. That's no good. Uh, the high water mark, the record high for positive cases day to day today, 1,117. We'll hear from the governor next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.